Hey, everybody, it's Matt. Thanks for tuning in to our Growing Greater podcast. Hey, if you're inspired by these stories of innovators and business successes, please tell a friend, a colleague, and a neighbor, and share a link on social media, too. This episode, it's presented by Kistler Tiffany Benefits and Baker Tilly. And we're kicking off with a special thanks to the team at TD Bank. Their support and active engagement is helping us attract new businesses, new jobs, and new talent to our collective community. As one of the 10 largest banks in the U.S., TD Bank has deep roots dating back more than 150 years and more than 26,000 employees who are helping small businesses, middle market companies, and large corporate customers from across all industries to grow their operations. You can learn more at tdbank.com and join me in thanking TD Bank for their support of our Growing Greater podcast. This is Growing Greater, Growing Greater, bringing you the stories of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11 county community of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry. And I always say, this is the cheese state capital of the world. And in the cheese state capital of the world, hundreds of people were lined up for veggie burgers. Yeah. It was amazing. There was a pent up demand here that I felt, I knew that we needed a better option. And I was happy to provide that. Nicole Marquis did provide that better option and so much more. Come with me back to 2012. That's when Nicole first opened her fast, casual restaurant called Hip City Veg and took the plant-based food revolution to new heights. She created a novel menu inspired by the fast food experiences and memories of her youth, but with a little bit of a twist. It's totally vegan and includes fresh, often local and organic ingredients that make a healthy diet not only accessible and affordable, but actually tasty and enjoyable. With several locations in Greater Philadelphia, Nicole's Hip City Veg brand also has locations in Washington, D.C. and continues to expand to new audiences who are craving the healthy and flavorful benefits offered by Nicole's thoughtful approach to vegan food. And Nicole has not only taken on the challenge of redefining the fast food and fast casual dining experience by providing healthy vegan meals, She and her team have embraced the competitive space of standard dining with the opening of two traditional style restaurants in Center City, Philadelphia, Bar Bonbon and Charlie Was a Sinner, each offering appetizing vegan dishes that will surprise even the most discerning palate. By choosing vegan ingredients and compostable materials, Nicole and her team have created what she calls a new normal when it comes to healthy eating and living. A new normal that's better for all of us and the world we live in. We connected with this culinary disruptor to learn more about her passion for food, a healthy lifestyle, and an approach that strives to make our world a better place. And that connection? Well, it happened just before the COVID-19 shelter-in-place order was implemented in mid-March of 2020. Those requirements have forced Nicole and her team to adjust and adapt to this new way of operating a restaurant. Embracing a delivery, takeout, and curbside pickup procedure to help keep their staff and their clients safe. 
Here, Nicole shares how and where her seeds of inspiration and growth took root. Well, I'm a Philly girl, born and raised. I actually grew up in a little part of Philadelphia called Elkins Park. Mm -hmm. And before high school, moved out to Lower Gwynedd, which is sort of the northern suburbs of Philadelphia. Yeah. Moved back into the city, lived with my grandfather in North Philadelphia in an area called Alney, mm-hmm. near Fifth and Alney, if anyone from Philly knows it, and went to Temple University. Nice. Yeah. I moved out to California to pursue a graduate degree at California Institute of the Arts. Okay. Then moved back home to Philadelphia where I started my business. Nice. So take me back, if you could, to, I guess, that junior year of high school. <laughs> you were in the lower Gwinnett area. What high school did you go to? And where I'm going with this question, Nicole, is what were you thinking as a 16, 17, 18-year-old junior, senior in high school in terms of where you saw yourself in the next five to 10 years? So in high school, I was in love with the performing arts. I was a serious classical ballet dancer, and my brother was also in ballet. We in the family had a deep appreciation for the arts. My father was a classical musician, a classical guitarist, and I was having a blast really studying ballet and studying theater. And I eventually went to Temple for a major in communications and minor in theater. Nice. Excellent. You were living your dream. I was living my dream. I knew that I wanted to have an impact Mm -hmm. on our community, even the world. I had big aspirations and big dreams. I thought for a while that I could really do that through art, really changing and impacting people in a positive way. And it wasn't until I was most of the way through grad school, studying Shakespeare, honing my craft, that I realized I could have a greater impact focusing on food Hmm. and nutrition. Interesting. To me, it's an interesting kind of transition, if you will, or maybe it's better to say evolution. Right. Because here you're immersed in Shakespeare and in communications kind of practice and in ballet and art and theater. And now... You are very successful in running restaurants. Uh, so it is a little bit of a, of a different evolution of your career path. And where I'm going with this is share with us, if you can, when you kind of first started to see clarity in mm-hmm. what you wanted to do. You went out to California, you come back to greater Philadelphia. Where does that clarity come into play for where Nicole Marquis is going? You know, it hit me like a ton of bricks. When I realized that what we eat has a profound impact on our health, an impact in a positive way or negative on the environment, and also affects other living things, that for me was a realization that by choosing plant-based foods, I can have the most positive impact on the world in just by doing that one thing that we all do three times a day. Or more, in my case, I eat all the time. Right. So that hit me really hard. And I thought, wow, this is what I can dedicate my life to. This is what I can wake up every day feeling passionate about. Because I saw my family's health transform by it. Mm -hmm. 
I realized the environmental impact of animal agriculture Mm -hmm. and how we can really change the course of this climate crisis by choosing plant-based foods. And then of course, my deep desire to end animal suffering, all of that came together with one mission to bring plant-based foods to people everywhere. And to do it in a way that makes it kind of quote unquote normal for the average consumer. Exactly. Right? Absolutely. I knew that if I could make a plant-based menu familiar, delicious, attractive, and in a format that people were already comfortable with, fast food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> we could make a great impact. And right. I knew that people would like it, and I think they do. Sometimes people are too comfortable with fast food, frankly, right? I mean, that's their yeah. daily diet. So if so, you can make that experience healthier for them, all the better. Absolutely. You know, choosing a crispy Hip City Ranch yep. over a fried chicken sandwich at a fast food restaurant, you're lowering your cholesterol mm-hmm. intake your animal saturated fat intake, sodium intake. There's tremendous value in eating the plant-based alternative. Right. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit and come back to kind of historical aspects. And it's a two-parter. Do you remember that moment? We were talking about clarity earlier. Oh, yes. (laughs) Was there like a specific day, like an anchor that you can point to that says, ah, I got it. That is my passion. I know I've been studying this, this, and this, but this is it. And this is what I want to pursue. And this is what I'm going to go after. Do you remember that day? I do. I left grad school because I knew that I wanted a purpose deeper Mm -hmm. than what I was pursuing. I come from a family where my father is a school nurse in the Philadelphia school district. My mother was a school teacher. She's retired a Mm -hmm. high school teacher for 35 years in North Philadelphia at Edison high school. And they taught me at a very early age to fight for the greater good, to work hard in your community, to help others. And so I sort of got lost when I was out in California and I was studying what I had a passion for, but I didn't know if I could dedicate my life to it. And Mm -hmm. so when I came home, I started reading a lot. And it's what I do when I feel really lost in the world. I just pick up a book to see if I can get some answers. Right. And I was really into nutrition in California, being plant-based and vegan lifestyle is really big out there anyway. So I was exposed to it. And I read the China study by Dr. T. Colin Campbell and Eat to Live by Dr. Joel Furman. Mm-hmm. And that is probably the moment that it became crystal clear to me that I have to bring plant-based foods to people everywhere. Nice. I was sort of angry that we didn't know this. You know, we're not empowered with the information about nutrition mm-hmm. and how plant-based foods can truly heal and cure the body. And so I was home living with my parents at the time, figuring out what I was going to do with my life. And, you know, my father at the time was in his 50s, kind of a typical story. He was a little overweight. He was on blood pressure medication to control his high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. And his doctor had just diagnosed him with type 2 diabetes. And I'm here reading all of this information about how you can cure and reverse lifestyle diseases through plant-based eating. And I said, Poppy, 
you have got to eat more fruits and veggies. We need to cut out all this dairy and all the meat. And he said, no, Nicole, I have a good diet. Look, I don't eat that many sweets. I have a good balanced diet. I have these diseases because it's genetic and my father had them. And my father's a nurse practitioner. So he is such a smart guy. And And he has a lot more knowledge than the average consumer as well. Absolutely. Until I realized that in the medical profession, doctors and nurses get it on average four to six hours of nutritional education. Mm, Gotcha. Yeah. And I didn't know that. I thought. It's not as emphasized as you would have expected. Exactly. Yeah. So I went out, scraped some money together that I could find and went out and bought a blender. I remember coming home, making a green smoothie, the same one that we sell today at Hip City Veg. Cool. And my father loved it. And he's like, okay, I'll give this a try. Right. You know. This isn't uh, as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see what you're up to over there. So I made him a few other meals. And he read the China study and eat to live and was quickly convinced of the need to change his diet. Right. Within two months of adopting a plant-based diet, what happened to my father's health is utterly remarkable. Hmm. He lost 25 pounds. He was able to eliminate all four of his medications. Achieving normal blood pressure and put his type two diabetes into remission for some time. Wow. That's incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. It was magic. Yeah. My mother saw that. She followed and also lost weight, reducing her symptoms of osteoarthritis. It was incredible what happened to my family. It sounds like it. That it really was, does. And that was the moment of clarity where I said, I got to do this. So I love how you took some of your research, what I would call some of your formal research, and you referenced the China study by Dr. Campbell and the book live to eat, no, eat to live. Eat to live. <laughs> I think most of us live to eat, right? right? But to your point, it's yeah. much better to eat to live. Yeah. But you took this basic research that you were kind of interested in, maybe a little bit more than just interested. You had a passion for it. You were thinking about how to harness this. And you combine that with a personal connection with your dad and with others around you that you care about. Right. And you took action and you created something out of that. And where I'm going with this, Nicole, is I would love for you to take us back to that moment. Maybe it was a kitchen table conversation with Poppy and your mom and maybe your brother and others that you know are part of your center of influence, if you will. Yeah. How did you decide to go from this idea of making smoothies for dad? in the kitchen to help his quality of life to actually opening a restaurant. I mean, that's, that's a pretty significant journey. What did you do first when you said, we're going to do this? Well, I did a couple of things. I think first and foremost is your mindset. And I talk about that a lot when I'm either mentoring or people come to me for advice. I talk a lot about mindset. And at the time I was doing a lot of reading and a lot of introspection and a lot of just meditation on where I wanted my life to go. And I had to get my mindset in the entrepreneurial mindset. Totally. And I had to believe that I can do this. Right. And that I'm going to do it and that I'm going to 
really make the world a better place by doing this. And that was first. Yeah. And so that's, again, a lot of reading, a lot of talking, asking questions, meeting people who are already doing it, mm-hmm. being surrounded by other successful people and just absorbing their energy and understanding, okay, this is, this is how they do it. Right. But also planning. I wrote a business plan. Right. Like an 80 page business plan with a huge financial analysis of how I was going to operate and run the restaurant. Right. And that took me four years. Wow. So I really planned and worked on myself and became clear about my vision Mm -hmm. for four years before I actually opened the restaurant. So it was four years from the idea to opening the doors. That's impressive. That's a lot of planning a lot of thoughtful approach. Did you always think it was going to be, you know, a menu of sandwiches, salads, or where I'm going with this is you made a smoothie for your dad in the kitchen. So a lot of folks would say, let me open a smoothie shop and just serve smoothies or just serve other kinds of, you know, basic items that are not very complicated and may sound a little bit more appealing. But you went all in with, you know, how to prepare foods like burgers and chicken sandwiches that are vegan, healthy, but taste so real and brings the, to your point earlier, brings the consumer to a place that is a surprise. Absolutely. And I want to tap into that nostalgia of enjoying our favorite burgers. And when I was a kid, enjoying chicken nuggets at McDonald's after karate class with my dad as a treat, you know, I want to tap into that. And do it in a way that's good, honest, and healthy. And I think a key to our success has been creating menu items that are super familiar. We don't sort of have to go, wait, what is that? What exactly is that ingredient there? It's just a great burger. Happens to be plant-based. So you happen to be doing something really great for the environment and for your health. But we just make it easy for people to eat vegan. So how do you describe to the average person Hip City Veg? Hip City Veg is a 100% plant-based, fast, casual restaurant. We serve and specialize in burgers, shakes and fries, classic American menu items that are delicious and kinder to the earth and to other living things. That's a great explanation. Thank you. Did it take time to think that through? Like, did you rough out a couple kind of drafts, if you will, of that? Or did it just kind of come? Yeah, definitely worked on sort of sound bites with a lot of our teammates coming together. We have incredibly talented people on the team. But one thing and why it sort of rolls off my tongue is yeah. because it's just simple. Yeah. And to the point and very clear. And that is part of developing a successful brand. And it's, and it's so you. Seriously, I'm not just saying that. I mean, you embody what Hip City Veg is all about. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. So this might be a loaded question. I don't want you to think I'm going down a weird path when I say this based on where we are in our conversation. What makes Hip City Veg so special? I love that question. It's the vibe. It's the energy. It's absolutely the flavors on the menu. It's the design and the branding and the people 
that eat at Hip City Veg. Yeah. And the people that work at Hip City Veg that truly make it so cool. Yeah. That's great. I love that perspective. And I love the kind of feeling that you're creating and you want people to experience when they come into Hip City Veg. Yeah. It's yeah. a new normal. Yeah. We are creating a new normal. Yeah. Yep. That's a really good way to look at it. And I love the nostalgia component that you shared with us as well, where you want to trigger the memories in the minds of people who enjoyed a really great experience at a fast food restaurant that was meat-based. Right. And it doesn't mean that can't happen again. Exactly. Yeah. So you get it. I love totally. that. Because that was such a special time for me when my brother and I would go to karate class and my dad would say, all right, let's get the Happy Meal at McDonald's. That created, you know, wonderful family memories. Yeah. And I know, I think my brother had a birthday party in the playground at one of the fast food restaurants. So like, this is something that we grew up with, especially in the 80s and 90s. And I want to capture that wonderful feeling and yep. that family feeling and that normal, but do it in a way that's good for our health and the environment. Hi, how's it going? Hi, good. How are you? Good. Can I have a uh, Ziggy burger, please? Any sides of drinks? Uh, no, thanks. And is that for here to go? To go, please. And your name? Devin. It's a little after one on a Wednesday afternoon in Center City, Philadelphia, and we're at the Hip City Veg at 18th and Sansom. Remember, this interaction took place in a pre-COVID-19 moment. It's a warm, bright, and welcoming space. And yes, it does have a hip kind of vibe to it, too. There's a floating wood shelf dotted with succulents and a small stack of books for sale. Upon closer inspection, these are the very books that Nicole mentioned and that inspired her in part to create what today is Hip City Veg. It's The China Study and another book entitled Eat to Live. Though the food is prepared fast and the menus made up of quote-unquote chicken wraps, nuggets, and burgers, wink, wink, this is not your typical fast food establishment. The food is prepared with a bit more thoughtfulness. And it's a space where folks want to relax and hang out and meet with friends, something that we're all anxious to do more of once business gets back to normal. Just next door is one of Nicole's other establishments in her Marquee and Company collection, a traditional-style restaurant that we mentioned earlier. It's called Bar Bonbon. Bon. I just feel like working here and, like, working for a Marquee and Company, it just has so much more of, like, a family aspect to it. Like, restaurants can get, you know, like, you're working with people from so many different walks of life that, like... It's a lot of personalities, whereas like working here, it just really feels like a family. It feels like a team. Everyone is working together for the same goal. So it just like feels really good, and everyone's excited to come to work. <laughs> That's Gabby Love, assistant manager at Bar Bon Bon, who has grown her career very nicely working with Nicole and her team. Gabby actually began as an executive assistant to Nicole and navigated her way to a management role. We met Gabby in the bustling Bar Bon Bon restaurant, a space inspired by Old San Juan and a tribute to Nicole's family heritage. The decor, it includes colorful tiles on the floor and the bar area and the mouth-watering and expertly prepared menu. It features Latin tapas. And as is the case with Hip City Veg, everything is made with plant-based ingredients. 
when it comes to operating a fast, casual enterprise, as well as traditional-style dining restaurants, no detail is overlooked. Equally important, it's intriguing to see how normalized Nicole and her Marquee and Company team have made the food preparation, the cooking, presentation, and the taste of this vegan dining experience. And speaking of talented professionals whose presentation and work deliver impact, let's put the Ziggy Burger on the back burner for just a moment to thank the team at Baker Tilly, where it's all about making a difference for their clients, their people, the communities where they live and work, and in their profession. As a leading advisory, tax, and assurance firm, the people of Baker Tilly are dedicated to building long-lasting relationships that help their clients to win now and to anticipate the challenges of tomorrow. Baker Tilly's fundamental purpose is to enhance and protect the value that their clients have created and the value that they want to keep and grow. Learn more at BakerTilly.com and join me in thanking Baker Tilly for their support of our Growing Greater podcast. Now, let's get back to our conversation with the founder of Hip City Veg, Marquee and Company's Nicole Marquis. So, Nicole, take us back to that first store opening. What year was it? Where was it? And how did you decide that that's the location you're going to kick off? Yes, we opened the doors to our first Hip City Veg location in April of 2012 at 10 a.m. Where it, were you? In Rindhouse Square, okay, nice. Philadelphia. Yeah. And it took me a while to find that first location. Mm-hmm. I was looking all over the place. I remember this is one of those moments where I was filled with doubt when mm-hmm. someone said, do you realize how many veggie burgers you're going to have to sell in order to pay rent on 18th and Walnut. Right. And it hit me. I said, Oh my goodness. Yeah. That is a lot of veggie burgers. You know, I knew cause I had done this huge financial analysis to figure that out. Yeah. Right. But it still hit me for a moment. I was like, Whoa. Yeah. This is going to have to be a success or right know. off the start. Yeah. Right. Cause 18th and Walnut Rittenhouse square. That's a, that's a great location. For yeah, this kind of initiative, but right it's also a, yeah, it's also a very affluent area yeah. of Philadelphia. So, so you have to balance that with the audience you're trying to reach, the quality you're trying to produce. And it's funny that someone said to you, wait a minute, do you know how many you have to sell? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that induced, you know, we're opening in an hour. Yeah. Could you have waited no, to share like, that with me till the end of the day? Absolutely. It was like a month before yeah. we were going to open. And I remember sort of gulping. Yeah. Being like, oh no. That's great. And how'd it go? How did... April 2012 at 10 a.m., how did that feel and how did that first day actually flow for you? We sold out of food by 1 p.m. Wow. Hundreds of people were in line. That's incredible. Yeah. And I always say this is the cheesesteak capital of the world. And in the cheesesteak capital of the world, hundreds of people were lined up for veggie burgers. Yeah, right. It was amazing. There was a pent up demand here that I felt I knew Mm -hmm. that. We needed a better option, and I was happy to provide that. Yeah. So I'm glad you shared that. I want to talk about impact. And yeah. if you could, if you have a couple of these examples, which I suspect you may, Nicole, share with us stories, feedback, reaction that you've received from, it could be the average customer, 
It could be somebody that is really important to you, an investor, a restaurateur who's been very successful in his or her career, who's admiring your courage to kind of really advance this area of vegan restaurants and vegan fast casual. Share with us some of those reactions that you're hearing from people, the impact you're having on their lives. It's really moving. I think the impact that we're having on people's lives. I just love the moment when I'm in the store and a guest comes up to me and says, hey, I just wanted to tell you that Hip City Veg has helped me eat plant-based entirely. And because of that, I have reversed this disease. Mm -hmm. I love when people come in and tell me their stories about their father bettering their health, their mother, or them themselves just finding a whole new inspiration and passion for healthy living. So those moments are so special and is what really keeps me going. Also knowing just the environmental impact that we're having, you know, eating one plant-based meal a week is equivalent to taking all the cars off the road for like two months. Wow. <laughs> you know, That's some incredible. crazy yeah, number yeah. like that. I have yeah. to fact check myself. Right, but, but I get you. There's an impact there that people don't impact. expect. Yeah. yeah. We know that animal agriculture is one of the leading causes of greenhouse gases mm-hmm. and global climate change. Right. So if we can do anything and take one small step to reducing that carbon footprint, we're really being part of the solution to avoiding this climate crisis. Right. So that aside, and I totally appreciate the, the climate impact, the agricultural impact, what I observe and what I read and what I'm hearing, Nicole, is you're changing people's lives. Huh. You really are. I don't know if you think about it in that way, <laughs> but, but from a health perspective and allowing people to live better, healthier lives, it's really delivering that level of impact. You can clearly see it. Thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. and. It is part of the mission and the vision of the company. So it's so amazing to hear that. I really appreciate that. And yeah, and I think our employees feel it too. Mm -hmm. And what is part of what attracts people to work with us is because they know that at the end of the day, it's a hard job and they can feel proud of it because they're really making a positive change in people's lives. Yeah, totally. They can feel it. I'm sure the customers can feel it. (laughs) It's that, what you had referenced earlier, it's that specialness. It's that vibe that people get when they enter into a Hip City Veg establishment. It's really cool. Thank you. You should be really proud. So I want to shift gears a little bit to a couple things. One is, you know, we talked about seven Hip City Veg establishments. If you're comfortable with this, share with us, how big is the shop? How many employees? What kind of revenue are you generating? Again, only if you're comfortable sharing that level of detail as it comes to the financial success of the organization. Yeah, we've had really great financial success. Thank goodness. We've worked really hard to make sure that we have a corporate team and infrastructure in place. We have on the Hip City Veg side over 200 employees We also have the full service restaurants and we're at the end of our first sort of capital expansion and poised to do another round that could potentially take us to 40 restaurants in the next five years. Nice. Yeah. That's a great goal. And I want to come back to that as well in just a moment, but I want to spin off to 
the non-hip city veg restaurants that you referenced. And they're also vegan eateries. Is that correct? That's right. So Bar Bonbon. Yep. And a cocktail lounge that's known as Charlie Was a Sinner. That's right. So how did you decide to branch off from the hip city veg model into, I guess, what I would call more traditional restaurants? Yeah, it was a mixture of just an incredible opportunity and striking while the moment was there, Mm -hmm. forging a really great partnership with another investor and being able to prove that we can make plant-based foods and a full service experience really sexy and moody, Mm -hmm. but have it be completely vegan. Right. And that had really not been done before that I knew of, especially not in Philadelphia. Right. And in, you know, I was traveling trying to find a concept that was similar. And what I did was pull from some awesome concepts that created a mysterious, moody vibe. I dug deep into my theater and artistic background to come up with a concept that I thought was right on for 13th Street Mm -hmm. and Sansom in Philadelphia, which used to be the Sin Strip of Philadelphia. Right, right. And show plant-based foods in a different format. Yeah. In a new presentation, and yeah. a new experience. And I love how you're bringing in the theater component of this because oh, yeah. a lot of food presentations, a lot of food experiences are kind of a theatrical performance to a certain extent. It's Absolutely. how people feel when they come into this space. I use my theater background every day. I bet. Yeah. You know, opening a restaurant and having the shift at night Mm -hmm. is like a theater performance, right? You have your audience, your actors, you have your backstage lights, sound, Mm -hmm. you have your script, you have the perform, you have it all. You do. So it really is a theatrical setting for me. And so Thank goodness, because my student loans are are like paying off, you know, but I think, my education and my experience in communications and theater is totally relates to what I'm doing now. In addition to your experience in life. Exactly. For sure. So I want to come back to one of my favorite questions, Hip City Veg. How'd you come up with that name and is there a special meaning behind it? Great question. I spent a while really trying to find the right name for what I was trying to create. And I spent a couple of years just writing down every name I could think of, crossing it off, coming mm-hmm. back to it. And it wasn't until like the final days, Michael Klein from Philly.com sure. called me and said, I need a name for the article. Right. What is the name of your restaurant? Come on, what are you going to open it as? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it hit me that one, the hip city veg has a rhythm. Music to me is everything. I love music. It's inspiring. I couldn't imagine life without it. And hip in the name, Mm -hmm. you know, music is tied into that. Of course, we're in the city and veg. It all is about rhythm and vibe and creating a new word. Right. So people can refer to what it is to eat vegan, what it is to have a plant-based lifestyle as hip city veg. Right. That's cool. It captures it. Captures it all. Captures it all. I love it. So I want to shift again. You're a proud native of greater Philadelphia with touch points in Elkins Park and North 
Philadelphia and Northeast Philadelphia and Lower Gwinnett in Montgomery County, and I suspect other areas now, Center City, Philadelphia and Midtown. What is it about Greater Philadelphia? And you're kind of experiencing this. Frankly, you're part of the Renaissance with an opening of a restaurant in 2012. Greater Philadelphia has been on this upward trajectory for a decade, maybe 15 years, some would say 20 years, some take it back to the Rendell administration with those seeds that were planted back in the 90s. But what is it about Greater Philadelphia that you as a business owner, as an entrepreneur and an innovator who's forging new paths, you're feeling something and creating something. If you could capture that for us, that would be great. Yeah, the city is buzzing and it's been buzzing for the last decade in a beautiful way. I could feel the energy when I came back to Philadelphia from mm. grad school from LA in 2008. And I knew that new entrepreneurs, great ideas were going to start to come out of the city. There is an ability to enter into business in Philadelphia that I don't really see in some of the other cities. One, it's not as expensive as New York and San Francisco. Yep. And so that it gives many more people the opportunity to take risks and to be inventive and innovative. And there's this grit that's still in the city that's really important for creativity and coming up with unique ideas. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So Nicole, where will Hip City Veg be in the next three years, five years, 10 years? Definitely in the next five years, Hip City Veg will be in multiple cities on top of Philadelphia and D.C. We'll be operating 40 to 50 restaurants for Hip City Veg, having a tangible and important impact on the community and the environment. I think we'll be leaders in our industry at that point. And in 10 years, I hope to be a national brand, maybe even international, and be leading the conversation in plant-based foods in fast casuals. Franchise kind of model or more of an organic growth? You know, probably organic growth will bring in, you know, other great forward-thinking partners that want to invest in the company and we will most we will think about franchising. That mm-hmm. could be somewhere yeah. down the business line for sure. Certainly keeping an open mind about it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So one of my favorite questions, Nicole, is you can change one thing. That thing that keeps you up at night. It can be about the restaurant industry. It can be about the perception of vegan food. It can be about the environment and climate change. It can be about the city of Philadelphia or the surrounding region as a place to live, work, and grow a career in a company. That one thing that, you know, that causes you to say, man, if we could just get this right, we could really have a much more significant impact. Is there something like that that stands out for you? A couple of things. I mean, I think we're working to change the thing that keeps us up at night which is our reliance and our dependency on animals for food. I think we're working towards creating a new normal where you can enjoy plant-based foods all the time, anywhere and everywhere, as if it just was always the way we were, you know? And so I think we're working towards that. 
I also work every day to figure out how to make this the best place to work. We have incredible employees who work so hard and want to build a career with us. And every day we're thinking about new innovative ways to create well-being in the workforce and to make this a place where people can really find their career. Nice. There's a young lady or a young man listening to this conversation and he or she is a student at Wissahickon or a Temple undergrad or they are contemplating grad school or maybe they're in the military or they're working in a specific vocational industry sector like culinary arts or the theater or some other type of non-traditional educational career path. And they reach out to you and they say, Nicole, you have a really amazing and unique story. And I love the journey that you have encountered throughout your life. What advice do you have for me as a young person who's thinking about what's next in my career? What do you tell folks who reach out to you with that kind of request? I tell them, take in as many experiences as you possibly can now. Absorb all of the great examples around you and what they're doing in their life to make it a success. And research and get interested in many different things so that you can find that aha moment that says, yeah, this is what I can get behind. This is what I will work towards that makes it easy to just jump out of bed every morning and get to work and do it all over again. You need that why. Find your why and everything else will follow. Nicole and her team are navigating the COVID-19 containment activities. Their amazingly delicious vegan meals are available now for pickup or delivery. So please put Hip City Veg on your must-try list. And as the team works to recover and grow their footprint, embracing healthy bodies, a healthy planet, and compassion for all living things as they bring delicious vegan food to people everywhere, we here at Growing Greater look forward to Nicole's continued success as she redefines what it means to live a plant-based lifestyle. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Growing Greater. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to rate and review our podcast and share it with friends and colleagues and family and through social media too. Check out other episodes of Growing Greater at radio.com, wherever you listen to your podcasts or at selectgreaterphl.com slash podcast. As we wrap this episode of Growing Greater, I want you to know that we could not do what we do without the active support from the team at Kistler Tiffany Benefits. It's all about customer intimacy, truly knowing the needs of their clients. This is the key characteristic that distinguishes the people of Kistler Tiffany Benefits, delivering growth and success over their nearly 60 years as a trusted leader of employee benefits consulting. The professionals of Kistler Tiffany Benefits, they work hand in hand with their clients to find 
find long-term strategies and sustainable solutions that control costs for individuals, small businesses, and large complex organizations with multi-state operations. The experts at Kistler Tiffany Benefits understand the importance that employers and employees place on affordable, valuable benefits packages. You can learn more at ktbenefits.com and join me in thanking Kistler Tiffany Benefits for believing in our Growing Greater podcast. Growing Greater is presented by Select Greater Philadelphia, a council of our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia. Select is the business attraction organization for Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania, and helps to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community by attracting new businesses and new jobs to our region. Special thanks to our program producers, Elena Carmazin and Maricela Juarez, along with the great team of marketing and creative services professionals at our chamber. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in anytime and anywhere you get your podcasts or online at selectgreaterphl.com slash podcast.